Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Tara Lynn Ciccone about her wedding at Canada Terrace in Epcot with a reception at Living Seas Salon in Epcot. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how she chose those locations and how she planned everything and how it all turned out. So welcome, Tara Lynn. Hi, how are you, Carrie? I'm great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. I always like to start at the very beginning and find out how you and your fiancé decided that you wanted to have your wedding at Disney. Wow, so that's a great question. And I, I've you know heard these before and people you know say kind of the same things, but we didn't actually think of this, to be quite honest with you. I didn't think that it would be something that, that we would be able to do. So I, I actually thought of it by thinking about what's something that, that we could do for our wedding that wouldn't be possible, and this was one of them. And when I started researching it, I found out that it was possible. That's interesting. So you mean you were kind of like blue sky, what's the most, if we could have anything we want or? Yeah, I was. I was playing around one day, you know, surfing the internet, thinking about, you know, if I could, you know, do whatever I wanted for my big day, what would I do? And, and I was dreaming. Yeah. That's awesome. So then how did your friends and family react when they found out where the wedding was going to be? They weren't as surprised. Yeah, I think everybody expected it because when I put my mind to something, I, I usually get what I want. So I think, I think they were very excited. <laughs> Does your family have a history of going to Disney? My family, not so much, but I have created that tradition myself with with my now husband. So they were they were very accustomed to seeing us do that. Oh, good. Okay, great. Now, how many guests did you invite, and how many were able to make the trip? I believe I invited about 43, 44 people, I think, and 36 of them made it. Oh, that's great. Did you guys set up a room block for your guests? We did set up a room block. We set up our room block. We chose three hotels. We tried to choose one hotel for each price range for our guests. And we also tried to choose them closest to the location for our wedding, which was near Epcot. So we chose the Beach Club. We chose the boardwalk and then we chose Pop Century to be more of um, a value option for our guests. And then the fourth hotel that we were able to add was actually the Polynesian. Oh, that's great. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, how did you decide on the day of the week and the time of day for your wedding? 
my wedding was on a Wednesday, which is not a very popular day. And that's kind of, you know, going back to what I spoke about earlier about trying to have, you know, my dream wedding and how I was going to be able to pull this off. And that, that was something that I had learned from listening to your podcast and reading your book about price ranges and days of week and some compromises that you would need to make. So I did choose Wednesday because it was less expensive. And then as far as the time, I wanted an in-park wedding. So the only option was was the 9 a.m. for me for Epcot. Okay, got it. Now, how did you decide that you wanted Epcot and Canada specifically for your ceremony and then, of course, Living Seas for the reception? So Canada, as I was browsing through the, you know, the photos of the ceremony locations, it seemed to be the most interesting to me because it, I loved the waterfalls. I loved how you had to walk up the steps to be there. And I thought that it would be, you know, such a beautiful backdrop for us, but it was not an easy one to get. I actually went back and forth with the planning team about having to have a backup because they were, they were actually doing construction all of last year and they had scaffolding up and things around the waterfalls, but I ended up getting what I wanted for that location, thankfully. And then the Living Seas, there's a few different reasons why I chose that. One being I wanted to keep my reception within the park where my ceremony was. I also loved the aquariums and my husband loves anything to do with the ocean as well as his family. And then third, because I I thought having an aquarium as a backdrop at a wedding is something that you don't see all the time. And that helped me with decor because I didn't need to have so much decor with something like that in the background. Oh, that's a really good point. And with Canada, did you find that there was any trouble hearing the audio with the waterfall? I know sometimes people worry about the noise from the waterfall. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. So I was worried about it because I had heard the same thing, but I wasn't going to let that hold me back. Um, And I'm going to tell you from my perspective, I, I did not notice it in the moment. It did not bother me the day of, and I don't think it bothered my husband or any of the guests. And watching the video back, it's really not as bad as you think it would be if you visited the location before your wedding and kind of, you know what I mean, like got nervous and thought about what that day would be like while you were standing there. In the moment, it's really, it's, it was not a big deal. (laughs) That's great to hear. Did you use any outside vendors for your event? I did. I did use videography. I used um, Randy Chapman. And of course, hair and makeup. Yanis Torres is, is the best. And I still keep in contact with her. I highly recommend her. I think that's all I used from the outside. Yeah, it's tricky when you're in the park. You can't really use outside vendors for floral and decor and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, did you add entertainment to the reception? I did. Even though we had a, a brunch reception, I did. I had a DJ. I had Vitor Andrade. I had originally requested the most popular J.W. Yeager. He was booked for another event, but he gave me the recommendation of his friend who had done all the programs through Disney with him. And he's not listed as, as an option for weddings. And he is an option and he was amazing. He's younger. He, you know, music is super important to, to me and my husband. And we really wanted someone that would, you know, do right by us with the music choices that we wanted at the wedding. And he really, he was a really great recommendation. That's so great to hear. 
Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know sometimes people are hesitant to have a DJ at a brunch wedding or they think it's going to be a waste of money because nobody will dance because it's so early in the day. I guess I didn't, I didn't think about that. And I, I do know what you're referring to because I, I did my research as well. And I, I saw the same type of feedback about that with the brunch wedding. But, you know, it's all about your surroundings, right? So maybe that would be an issue at, you know, an outdoor location or at a restaurant or something like that, that early in the morning. But the Living Seas location specifically is kind of submersive and immersive. So there, you know, it's dark in there. The fish tanks are going, you kind of forget what time of day it is. So I you know, people really felt like they were in, in a party. So none of my guests, everybody was dancing. So I don't think that it, it came off that way at all. That's great. Do you have any menu items or cake flavors from your reception that you can recommend? Yeah, but I had some strange menu items, I think, to other people. And I, I will say I loved that the Epcot catering team really allowed us to customize things how you want it. So, you know, they give you a, a choices for your, your brunch menu. And not only can you change things in or, you know, change things out, you can also think of things that aren't even listed on there. Um, and I had done my research on that through actually one of your podcasts where somebody had mentioned that. And there was a there's an item that my husband and I specifically grew up on and we love it. And it's um, Polish food and we love pierogies and they love sausage with pierogies and they actually put that on our menu because they had a recipe for it already. Um, so we definitely had a wide variety of foods at a brunch wedding down to an omelet station. We had Mickey waffles with bananas fosters. And then we had like pierogies and Polish sausage. And we had pasta with fish and artichokes. We had so many different types of things. So it was, the food was definitely amazing. That's wonderful. Any cake flavors you can recommend? Yeah. So going into this, you know, you think you always know what what kind of wedding cake that you want, right? And you go to the tasting if you're, you know, if you're fortunate enough to have one, and we were. And I thought for sure I knew at least, you know, three different flavors that we were going to like. And once we tasted them, I actually didn't choose any of those things that I chose. To th- we, we both chose things that we don't typically like. So we went in thinking we were going to have, I think, uh, red velvet or something. I don't even remember what we were thinking that we were having. But we ended up with orange cake with buttercream frosting for one layer. And then the other layer is a popular one, which is the almond cake and the hazelnut crunch. But either way, I didn't anticipate any of those coming. (laughs) (laughs) Did you add a dessert party or a welcome party to your event? So I did not. And I'm kind of glad at least about the dessert party in my case that I didn't because of that early morning wedding. And my reception went on until almost 4 p.m. So we plan on going back into the parks after to meet up for fireworks without an official dessert party. And no one made it out except for my husband and I. But I did do a rehearsal brunch. So we had a rehearsal. I planned it the day before the wedding in the morning really early on purpose. So that way, once the rehearsal ended, we could all walk over to Cape May Cafe in the beach club. And we did a big like celebration brunch with our family and friends. And the characters were there. And 
that kind of served as a welcome party, but also as a rehearsal at the same time. And I was fortunate enough to get Reverend Kevin Knox to come over right after he had finished um, another in-park wedding. So he left there and walked right over to the beach club and was able to meet us. And that was that was awesome. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. That's great. It worked out. And for your group, because I do see this question a lot, you just called Disney Dining to make the Cape May reservation. Did you have to make multiple reservations for your group size or was it small enough to make one reservation? It was not small enough. I did call the dining because I tried to do it myself, I believe, through dining reservations, through my Disney experience. I was able to actually do that. So I, I think we were like a party of 20... 20 something. And I was able to book three or four tables myself. But what I did call Disney dining for was to link those reservations together to put a notation that we were all together and to seat us together and to, to stage that reservation as one. I, I see. And did it work? Yeah. Flawless. <laughs> okay. Fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> so can you give my listeners a timeline of how the wedding day ran? Yeah. So it's obviously a very early morning for most people. Hair and makeup got to my room, I want to say maybe a couple minutes, 3.30 in the morning, I would say. It was just me. I did not choose to get ready with any, you know, bridesmaids or any, any other people in my room, which I think was a great choice. So she came in, did my makeup. It goes by so fast. You get dressed and ready and then everybody starts showing up in your room, photography, everything by six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you're, you're all there. You're ready to go. We're downstairs in the lobby. The van comes to pick you up. We drove through the back of Epcot. We got out. It was just the bridal party, obviously. And then we started our photos with myself, by myself, and then my bridal party, my family, um, and the groom's doing that at the same time somewhere else. And then you wait until that nine o'clock ceremony time, and it's time to walk down the aisle, and all eyes are on you, right? (laughs) After the ceremony, my guests were escorted back out, back onto the bus to the Living Seas. We stayed behind to take our photos together. Then we got brought to the location and we were introduced to everybody in the reception, you know, as husband and wife and did the dance and all the speeches and, you know, reception party time until 3.30, 4 o'clock. And then everybody left together and got back on the bus and we had so much fun on the bus. We played our own music. Someone hooked it up to the speakers. It was actually one of my favorite memories. All of my guests, we weren't supposed to be on the bus with our guests. We had a planned staged exit that that we ended up not wanting to do because we were having so much fun that we went on the bus with everyone and they hooked up someone's phone to the speaker system and everybody on the bus was singing and doing like karaoke and we had videos and it was so much fun. And that was it. That's awesome. (laughs) So when you were planning, what were some of the most important aspects of the event where you focused your attention or your budget? So believe it or not, budget for me, because I, myself and my husband paid for a majority of this all by ourselves, a, a good majority of it. So I'm very fiscally fit and responsible (laughs) with things. But I have a, you know, I love to be creative and think outside of the box and think about, you know, those extra wow moments um, that will be memorable that I know don't need to cost 
a lot of money. So I really, it was really important to me that I was able to get everything I wanted. And most of it was provided by myself, which was pretty cool. Interesting. Can you talk a little bit about what those inexpensive wow moments were? Yes. <laughs> I have so many things. I had so many things. I had welcome bags that I had been making for an entire year for everybody. I'm fortunate that I live near one of the character warehouses. So that's, you know, inexpensive merchandise from Disney Park. So I was able to, you know, go in and out of the warehouse so many times over the last, you know, year during my planning. I was able to put together welcome bags for every one of my guests with, you know, mini ears for everybody over the top stuff. I also was able to bring in 38 Cinderella carriage bubble wands for all of my guests for my ceremony, which were a hit because they played with them during the reception, which was cool. And the living seats have all the lights and the bubbles too, which was fun. <laughs> um, and I brought my own quote unquote centerpieces, even though you can't do that in Disney parks with floral. I, I was able to make my centerpieces into table numbers. Oh, interesting. How did you do that? So I had a Beauty and the Beast theme wedding, which actually helped me with cutting some costs with floral because, you know, everything's about a single rose, right? <laughs> so I, my bridesmaids walked down with one single rose and my centerpieces were the rose domes that had lights that I had made ahead of time. Um, but Disney, inside of the parks, you can't bring in your own, you know, centerpieces like you can in, in a ballroom. Um, but you can bring table numbers. So I put numbers on my rose domes and those were my table numbers. And I had Disney floral provide flower petals. And then I rented like some beautiful tea light gold candles to go around the tables. But the rose domes were the center focal point. So I was able to do that. That's so clever. And did they charge you that fee for putting out more than X number of things? Or did you fall under the limit because it was just the table numbers? Oh, you mean for putting out, bringing too many things inside? Is that what you mean? Yeah, um, yeah. No, I didn't because I was able to categorize them as table numbers. Um, and I didn't have like favors. I had, I used, I turned my wedding favors into the escort cards. So they had like a bottle opener attached to them. So that served like a double purpose. And then the bubble wands, I had my groomsmen bring in on the vans right into the park. So nobody had to carry them or hand them out for us or, you know, store them. Wow, that's clever. Yeah, I did a lot of research. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was definitely the most important thing to me was was definitely my budget and being able to have that fairy tale dream wedding that I, I never thought was possible for the both of us and, and for our families. And, you know, we waited a really long time in our lives to, to get married. So I really wanted to make this something memorable and I did and and then I really wanted the park shoot which I was able to work into my budget and I had Mickey and Minnie at my reception so all of those other little things that I did and that I provided myself and you know time of day and day of week allowed me to be able to get every single thing that I wanted that's wonderful with Mickey and Minnie did you request specific costumes I did. I loved, first of all, that you could even do that. Um, and then I chose the option that's gold because, you know, we did Beauty and the Beast. So, um, you know, Minnie's in this beautiful gold dress and Mickey Mouse is matching her. And we didn't tell any of our guests. 
that we were going to have them. So that also was such a highlight because no one expected that. And we did a surprise dance with my two stepdaughters to the Beauty and the Beast song. And we spun them around and they cued the music so that Mickey and Minnie actually walked out in the middle of the song and the and the girls and all the guests their mouths hit the floor so it was awesome <laughs> that's wonderful <laughs> okay so then were there aspects that were less important where you saved some money or your effort of course there's so many the you know the nighttime weekend wedding thing was the first thing for me that I was it that one could go and my dress, you know, I did a lot of off the cuff things. I think, you know, I compromised, I think a lot actually to get, you know, those three things that we talked about that were really important to me. There's, you know, there's copious things. I just didn't go to a, you know, well-known bridal shop and purchase a dress by a specific designer. I was open-minded and I was willing to spend a lot of money on my dress. It's not that I wasn't, but I did find this really cool bridal shop that was local near me that was privately owned by um, a mother and her daughter. And they were working with new designers that didn't really have an opportunity yet to get their name out there. And when they found out that I was actually having a Disney wedding, one of the designers custom fit me to my dress, but also custom made it and then was adding custom layers of tool um, and sparkly tool under my dress because they really wanted the opportunity to be featured in photos. So that's actually something that people might want to think about is maybe not going with that well-known Vera Wang, you know, dress and maybe thinking, think local and think um, up and coming designers because they, they would love an opportunity to be featured in, in something like that. Wow. That's a really great tip. So you talked about your favorite memory of the day was riding on the bus with all of your guests and singing songs. Do you have any other favorite memories? So many favorite memories. Um, my brother, he, his speech was um, the, I think the, <laughs> the most memorable moment. Um, it is on my Facebook. He, he like comedy roasted both of us. So <laughs> that was very funny. The bubble wands, the moment that we, we did our staged exit with 38 bubble wands was incredible. It was something to see for sure. That was, that was a beautiful moment. Um, I mean, there's the whole thing, honestly, that's, that's so hard to even choose. <laughs> Did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? Of course. <laughs> of course, it wouldn't be your wedding day, right? Um, <laughs> it did, but was it anything that was devastating? No. And you know what's so funny? One of my dress straps snapped because mm. um, my husband like picked me up and spun me around. I had a ton of straps on the back of it. And the way that I bent my back, it like popped off. And I think everybody expected me to you know, be nervous, but I wasn't, I, I ran off the floor and, and my wedding planner was there and she looked at me like, what do we do? And I'm like, rip the other one and tie it behind my neck. And you couldn't <sighs> even, you couldn't even tell. So that happened. And I think that was really it. There was something else that happened that I noticed and my mother noticed. Um, we did have a table set up for my ceremony. Um, we do have four family members between the two of us that have, you know, passed away, including um, my father, my grandmother, and then my husband's mother and his brother um, that weren't able to attend. So we wanted to have like a memory table with their photos and someone forgot to move them from the ceremony to the reception until mm. we noticed 
um, at the very end of it. So that was it. Nothing, nothing out of the ordinary, though, I would say. But you got the photos back at the end. Did, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that was a little, yeah. Now, was there anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand or you were worried about, and then it turned out not to be a big deal? Yes. The bus. I was, I was actually extremely worried about the bus, and I was very pushy with, with Disney about having to have the charter bus for the in-park wedding. I tried everything to do what I had heard on the other podcast and what I'd read in the book about chartering um, vans and not having such a large bus for 35 people or actually be less than that because the wedding parties aren't even on that um, but it wasn't happening and they weren't letting me budge so I was actually really nervous about that and it turned out to be completely fine they said they didn't wait a long time like I had heard um, and then we had so much fun on the on the drive home which is quite ironic that that's what I was stressing about the most I think <laughs> that's funny <laughs> is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now Yes. <laughs> so for, for, for us, we stayed at the beach club because our, you know, our wedding obviously was at Epcot, but um, we were fortunate enough with our room block that we were able to get two nights at any, you know, hotel of, of your choice. So we wanted to stay at the Polynesian. So we did a split stay, which is fine, but I think knowing or after what I know now and what I went through the morning after my wedding, we were changing hotels mm -hmm. the day after the wedding. So we're moving from beach club to Polynesian, which in theory sounded fine because they help you, you know, bell services and they move your things over. It was the worst idea. I can't, <laughs> I can't tell people enough. Don't do that. If you're going to do a split stay, wait a day even after that or yeah, just don't. <laughs> huh, just because it took so long to get your luggage or? It did. And, you know, you have so much stuff because it's it's your wedding day. So we had bins and bins of things and suitcases and just trying, you know, you just got married the night before. So, you know, trying to pack everything up again and relocate and having to be out of the room, it that was too much. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney couples? So that would have been a good part of my advice about the hotel and getting your book and listening to your podcasts, um, I think is absolutely necessary. Um, you can have the wedding that you dream of. You just have to take advice from other people and, and listen to Carrie um, and and listen to these other brides and, and what they've been through, because that's how I got through it. And I, you know, I stuck to what I wanted and my vision and I got everything that I wanted with very little compromise. You just really have to listen and follow up with, with them. That's great advice. <laughs> well, Tara Lynn, I think you've offered a lot of great advice today and I appreciate your taking the time. Thank you so much for inviting me. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, Check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, 
available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.